Hello everyone and welcome back to Gimme the Creeps. We are here sharing another spooky tale. Spooky. I, okay, so it's been raining recently and, and it rained again this morning, so it's perfect, but I was looking up some hauntings that I hadn't covered before and I decided to take us far, far away to Ireland. Oh, Ireland, eh? Yes, exactly, precisely. So come with me to the Hook Peninsula of Ireland, where we can find the grand and dreary Loftus Hall. Ooh, okay. Located in Feathered-on-Sea in County Wexford, the mansion sits with 22 bedrooms on 63 acres of land. Anchors? I'm still in the deep sea. I was about to say, damn. They pulled me back in just when I thought I was out of there. (laughs) Okay. Uh, 63 acres of land with access to a private beach. Private beach. Isn't that so lovely? Could you imagine? I think I'll take a dive today. Nope, not. (laughs) Stick your toes in. Yeah, just right there at the edge right. of the water. Just stick your little feet in and have yep. people bring you drinks all day long. That sounds That nice. sounds wonderful. <clears throat> um, originally built to be the Redmond Family Hall in 1350 during the Black Plague, the mansion came to be owned by the Loftus family by the 1650s. There's a lot of history and a lot of like there were wars and battles and um, stuff like that in this building. So, but that's not why they say it's haunted, but we will get to that. The building was leveled to the ground in 1870 and the new mansion that exists today was built. The new family were English planters and a heavy renovation took place between 1872 and 1879 to prepare for a Royal guest. Queen Victoria was supposed to come by, but she left the family hanging and in a lot of debt. The building Right? I know. What the hell? The building was all fixed up for nothing. The last of the family died in 1890, leaving behind the bankrupt estate, which was put up for sale. The hall was put to use as a home for the Benedictine nuns, a school for girls run by the Sisters of Providence, and at one point it was a hotel. The Loftus Hall Hotel closed in the early 1900s. So all of the background is what we're about to discuss. That was just my surface level research, but over on, there was a blog too. And I really respect historians who put together blogs, but it also made me like unsure if like it was true or not, but I might still go into that because, um, it tells a story from a woman who lived there. So I'm going to have to go back to that, but right now I'm going to go to facts, facts, History of the Loftus Hall. So it was built on the Hook Peninsula, like I said, and Raymond Fitzgerald um, is a military commander who owned it. Eventually, Raymond Fitzgerald changed his name to Redmond Fitzgerald, and the castle became known as Redmond's Hall over the centuries. And during a series of civil wars known as the Eleven Years' War between 1641 and 1653, Redmond Hall was the site of a few battles 
As the Redmonds were sympathetic to the rebels, they successfully defended the hall against English soldiers loyal to King Charles I of England. However, the king's army under the command of Oliver Cromwell were victorious in the war and as part of the takeover gave the land under Redmond Hall to the English family, the Loftus. So the Redmond family were evicted sometime after 1650 and Redmond Hall was renamed Loftus Hall around 1680. And over the next 100 years, the castle was renovated into a mansion and all seemed quiet until 1775 when it welcomed a mysterious visitor. This is when I want to take it over to this blog, um, but I won't. I don't think I will. Never mind. So according to the stories that define Loftus Hall to this day, it was a dark Irish evening in 1775, and this is from allthingsinteresting.com, um, which is fairly new, so that's why I trusted it. So it's August 2020 is when this article came out about this building. So in 1775, the wind was howling as the cold rain poured from the thundering skies. Then came a mysterious rapping at the door. The Tottenham family of Loftus Hall didn't find this unusual, however, as their private shoreline was often used by sailors as a safe haven in stormy weather. They offered the man at the door shelter for several days. He befriended his hosts and took a particular liking to one of their daughters, Anne. Soon the group sat down to play a game of cards. It was then that Anne dropped her ring, or by some accounts, a card from her deck, and saw something that changed her forever. Leaning down, she realized their guests didn't have human legs, but cloven hooves instead. No! Anne screamed in terror as the visitor vaulted straight upward through the ceiling and out of the house. And there are other versions of the story where he gives her a grin and then ignites his whole body on fire and then, like, flies through the ceiling. So there's other versions of this, but you know, exaggerations, maybe who knows a loud clap of thunder erupted right after and a cloud of smoke appeared, leaving the family engulfed by the scent of sulfur. Just like that, the mysterious figure was gone, but Anne never recovered from the incident. She went into seclusion in the tapestry room and died soon after. According to some, her spirit still wanders the halls. However, there's much more to the Loftus Hall's colorful history than tales of ghosts. So yeah, um, like I said, there were there were a lot of um, battles fought and a lot of bloodshed, and the Black Plague also carried a lot of darkness um, to that area during this time. So there's just this big building with all this stuff going on around it, and you have to think that maybe some of it got absorbed into its walls. Um, oh. So when the Black Plague arrived in 1350, his descendants replaced the castle with the modern-day structure. So I already said that part. Um, and the English leader was Oliver Cromwell. The hall was seized for English usage and taken over by the wealthy Loftus family, as I mentioned, turning Redmond Hall into Loftus Hall. In the 1860s and 70s, the building was under renovation um, to prepare for the queen. And it was then that an infant's remains were found hidden in the walls of the tapestry room. What the fuck? Some have theorized that the legend of the devilish visitor was fabricated to hide a scandalous truth, that Anne was impregnated out of wedlock, potentially by the visitor, and subsequently let her baby die. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then um, they probably made up the whole story about the devil because, you know, daughters can't just be having sex with strangers, you know, lost at sea and all that. So 
Sounds like one of those romantic novels where like, oh, my family owns this place and we let this stranger stay here for a few days and then, you know, he got her pregnant and whatnot. But with the renovations costing enormous sums and the Loftus bloodline dying out, the estate languished languished and was eventually put up for sale. Eventually, in 1917, a group of nuns took it over and held it for almost two decades. Then a second group of nuns moved in and held it until the 1980s. The estate was since passed through several private owners with a brief stint as a hotel, all the while maintaining its status as the area's most haunted house, Ireland's most haunted estate today. So Shane and Aidan Quigley purchased Loftus Hall for 800000 in 2011. Though the mansion re- retains a solid foundation, the current owners decided to give it a thorough renovation, but no amount of renovations has removed the property's ominous character for locals. With such an engrossing story on their hands, the Quigleys opted to use the legend to their advantage, from offering haunted house tours throughout the property to overnight programs allowing people to experience the creaking residence for themselves. They've put the legend to lucrative use. Despite all the recent renovations, the 27,124 square foot property is in dire need of further renovation, which will cost untold sums. Replacing the 97 windows will cost an estimated 400,000. Um, in this precise, this is precisely why the Quigleys opted to sell Loftus Hall in 2020. But even after it's sold, it's likely the Quigleys won't be able to shake the eerie feeling described by many who've stepped foot inside. As Aidan Quigley said, there is always a feeling that you are not alone in Loftus Hall. Okay. Um, so that is all things interesting. I'm going to take it over to this blog now because um, Anne Tottingham, I believe, tells a queen her version of what she thinks happened. So um, let's see. See this? Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. So on a flesh and bone foundation in Irish history, and this is from October of 2020 by a nice blogger. So pictured here, and I will post photos, um, with her son, John is Lady Jane Loftus, um, resident of Loftus Hall and Lady of the Bedchamber to Queen Victoria from 1851 to 1889. So Lady Jane was the first person to share the story of Loftus Hall with Queen Victoria. And I thought the queen never came, so I don't know if she came later or, like, what this is about or, like I said, if it's completely made up. With historical stuff like this, it's hard to tell. But Mm -hmm. shortly before the death of Prince Albert, Jane bent the queen's ear with a disturbing, otherworldly tale of the hall. Although Victoria did not believe in such things, she nonetheless instructed Lady Jane not to share the story with Prince Albert, as he did believe in the supernatural. Lady Jane began with the earthly facts— In the 1770s, together with a full complement of servants and other staff, the denizens of Loftus Hall comprised Charles Tottingham II and his second wife, whose name eludes us, along with his youngest daughter, Anne, described as tall, beautiful, and unmarried. Charles had inherited the house upon the death of his first wife, Anne's mother, the Honorable Anne Loftus. By the time Charles' inheritance, Loftus Hall was a dilapidated, ugly mansion, and said to be lacking in any desirable qualities. It had long passages that led to nowhere, large dreary rooms, freezing cold flagstone floors, small closets, and all manner of useless nooks and crannies. The only room deemed worthy of note was the tapestry chamber. 
According to Lady Jane's version of the story, on one especially black stormy night in 1775, as the three Tottenhams settled into the large drawing room, they were shaken by a loud knocking on the outer gate, a startling and rare occurrence. A servant answered the call only to discover a young gentleman on horseback. He had lost his way in the terrible storm and was guided to Loftus Hall by the candlelight glowing in the windows of the house. Both the gentleman and his horse were completely spent. So he requested and was given shelter within. Little did the Tottenhams realize what would be wrought by this dark-eyed, dark-haired stranger whom fate had brought within their midst. Over the course of his stay, so this is a different story. Like, I think in some versions, this stranger stayed a few days, and in some versions, he came right in, and while they were, like, winding down for bed, they played cards, and it instantly happened all in one go. So but this is still the same story. It's the same story, right. And there are multiple tellings. So in some versions, a stranger <clears throat> came first and left, and she was like heartbroken or whatever. And then in other versions, she like pretty much fell in love with the devil. And when he left, she was like so shooken by fear um, and impregnated. So it's like interesting. So this is this telling of it. Um, over the course of his stay at Loftus Hall, the young man proved himself to be of most excellent character, gallant in behavior, pleasing in both manner and countenance, an altogether delightfully finished gentleman. He proved such an amiable addition to the household that he was invited to stay with them for some days, and in turn made himself quite at home. The beautiful Anne Tottenham fell in love with him. At Loftus Hall, with only her austere father and cruel stepmother, visitors were few, and there were no marriageable matches on the horizon. Thus Anne led a life that was almost cloistered like that of a nun. She was very lonely. Very quickly, Anne formed a deep attachment to the handsome stranger, However, in the eyes of the stranger, Anne was only a passing fancy. His life and his friends swiftly took him away from her, a fact acknowledged in the refrain of a very old ballad. He loved and rode away. Whilst no one knew what truly passed between them, his leaving left Anne bereft. Her melancholy all over the loss of her beloved, beloved became deep mourning and then madness, leading her parents to strictly confine Anne to a single room in the house, the tapestry chamber. So in this version, they lock her in there because she's like so depressed and she's like bumming everyone out. <laughs> did Satan come to call? So then now it makes me wonder, like the stranger came and went. So did her misery call the devil to their door? Oh, uh -huh. she had such a longing that maybe perhaps the devil could um, appease her loneliness. Um, mm -hmm. So. So in some versions also, a ship wrecked, and that was the stranger's story of how he ended up there. But, you know, was the devil on that ship, and he, was he the one who came to the door? Who knows? So, so the blog continues. Around this time, a second story emerged, a wild story woven out of whole cloth. As the handsome visitor, together with the three Tottinghams, made for a foursome in the house, it was proposed that evenings be spent playing whist. To Anne's delight with the young man as her partner, the pair won every point, and her parents none. However, one evening, the game came to a very different end. Clapping with pleasure at winning yet another point, Anne felt the precious ring of her late mother um, fly off her finger and drop to the floor. When she bent to retrieve it, much to her horror, Anne discovered one of the stranger's feet was a cloven hoof, the sign of Satan. Horrified, Anne let out a blood-curdling scream, whereupon the stranger turned into a giant fireball and disappeared up the chimney to the sound of booming thunderclaps, leaving behind the distant, distinct odor of brimstone. 
Word spread that Anne was driven completely mad by this visitation of the devil. Thus, her family was forced to confine her. She was carried away to the tapestry chamber, where her favorite room in the house from whence she would never again emerge. Anne remained there for the rest of her life, dying in the tapestry chamber at the age of 31, less than a year after the visitation. Jesus. After Anne's death, it is said that the Tottenhams were daily plagued by innumerable disturbances, noises, and apparitions heard and felt in the tapestry chamber, leaving them and their servants in a perpetual state of consternation. The Tottenhams summoned the local Catholic parish priest, one Father Broders, to Loftus Hall to perform an exorcism. He used all of his powers um, of his office to exercise the demons of the house entirely focusing his ministrations on the tapestry chamber for the rest of his life the Tottenhams looked kindly upon father broders and his family legend uh family legend held that his tombstone is uh oh legend held that his tombstone in nearby horton cemetery hortown cemetery was inscribed with these words. Horton. Here lies, yeah, literally H O R E T O W N. I was trying to not say it like that. I'll just say Ortown. Ortown Cemetery was inscribed with these words. Here lies Father Broder's greatest of them all, who banished the devil from Loftus Hall. However, there is no evidence that such a verse was ever inscribed upon it. The first account by a guest of the supernatural encounter came near the end of 1790. A gentleman invited to Loftus Hall for a hunting party arrived late, so was put up in the tapestry room because the rest of the house was full. Moments after he extinguished his candle and settled into bed, something heavy leapt onto the bed, growling like a wild dog. No. The, yeah, I know. The curtains were torn back and the bedclothes were stripped entirely from beneath him. Thinking he was a victim of a vicious prank, he struck a light and searched the room complete. Shocked to find nothing and no one within it, save himself. The lock on his door was fully engaged as he had set it upon retiring. Years later, one Mr. Shannon, the valet of the Marquis of Eli, was put up in the tapestry room for the course of their stay in the house. On the first night, the entire house was awakened by the roars and screams of Mr. Shannon. He had escaped the room and was found cowering in the most indecorous position, tearing at his nightshirt with and wild with fear. Upon being settled, Shannon told his tale. Shortly after he extinguished his candle, the curtains rattled and were torn from the window, whereon a tall, ghostly lady, dressed in a stiff, brocaded silk, stood immediately by his bedside. Shannon was so terrified by the encounter that he insisted he would leave the employ of the Marquise should his lordship ever again expect him to occupy that room. Numerous others are said to have been terrorized in the tapestry chamber by the ghost of a tall woman dressed in silk who would move through the room, stop before them, and then enter the powder closet, including a Mr. Dale, the sober-minded man of reason, who served as tutor to the young Marquis of Eli, as well, or Ellie, I guess, um, as Wait, well as a, a powder closet. Um, cocaine room? Is it a bathroom? <laughs> I know, right? Is it maybe a, like a bathroom with a, or like a room with a mirror? Yeah. Maybe, maybe without a bathroom. <clears throat> cool. I like that. Or it could be a cocaine room. That'd be cool. Um, <laughs> it's just someone who just lives in the, in the powder closet and they're high and they come out and scare people every time. Oh, <laughs> uh, that'd be so, that would be so funny. Uh, <clears throat> a time traveler. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
Um, so he was a tutor as well as a decent clergyman uh, named Reed and a newspaper man who claimed to have seen the ghost of Anne Tottenham on at least three occasions whilst he was a guest in the tapestry chamber. Why cannot Anne find rest? Although Lady Anne Loftus would not speak to the very particular facts of the matter, she claimed the Tottenhams preferred the story of a satanic visit to be bandied abroad rather than have... I feel like from Schitt's Creek right now. I feel like Moira <laughs> reading this. <laughs> I should. Let's see. Rather than have the story of what really happened to Anne Tottingham come to light in the 18th and 19th century, attempts to trace Anne's history came to naught. <laughs> in 1872, Jane Loftus, who was then the Dowager Marchioness of Ellie, came to the conclusion. Now my washing machine is screaming, so so sorry, guys. <laughs> Anne is is screeching from beneath the home. The Royal Highness Queen Victoria would raise both the stature and esteem of the Losses family. Okay, so this is this is when that happens. Okay, I was confused. Okay, so um, in 1872, Jane Loftus, who was the Dowager Marchioness of Ellie, came to the conclusion that a visit to the Loftus Hall by her good friend and Royal Highness Queen Victoria would raise both the stature and esteem of the Loftus family. To that end, the Dowager convinced her son, the fourth Marquis John Henry Wellington Graham Loftus, that the house had to be renovated. So this might have really shaken up the ghosts. Um, it is here the story takes on its most tragic dimension. Tis likely the love story between Anne Tottenham and the young man was true, but the handsome stranger left Anne with more than madness. According to the local legend, during those renovations at Loftus Hall, the skeleton of a tiny infant was found within the walls of the tapestry chamber. It has been surmised by some that Anne was confined to the chamber because she fell pregnant through her amour with the young gentleman. Amour. <laughs> A-M-O-U-R. It's like such a romantic way to spell that. Um, Anne's family likely concocted the story of the satanic visitation to keep the curious at bay, thus saving the family's reputation. With no doctor or midwife to attend her, Anne Tottenham may have died a horribly painful death during childbirth in the tapestry chamber. The renovation of the house saw the chamber converted to a billiards room. However, it did not stop the hauntings. It is alleged that the Ghost of Anne would enter in the night, making a horrid noise, whilst knocking about the billiards balls. Does Anne continue to haunt Loftus Hall, perhaps in search of her infant? Some say the dead haunt those places where they knew happiness, however brief. Perhaps this is the case with Anne Tottingham. Oh, it would be horrible if her parents are the ones who, who killed their, the baby because she was unwed. Oh, yeah, but that's like they like that would definitely happen. Well, yeah, to, to save our reputation, how awful. Um, and they made the guy leave, so, like, they completely ruined their daughter. Like, they told him, get out of here, and you can't have your baby either, and then she just died alone. That sounds horrible. Why would you make him, like, marry her instead? You know what I mean? Right. Or maybe he did just, like, ditch her, and it, it was, like, a whole all-around just messed up. She mm -hmm. got really messed up. Ugh. So perhaps this is the case with Anne Tottingham. The end of Loftus Hall as it once was. Under the guidance of his mother, the Dowager Marchioness of Ellie, the fourth Marquis had spared no expense, giving that the queen was going to visit, and in doing so accumulated weighty debts. Debts. Oh my God, I'm trying to go back to the depths of the ocean over here. <laughs> my freaking washing machine is going nuts. It's haunted. 
<laughs> I don't know. I've it would be fucking cool if that would have been the devil, but it was, probably wasn't. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he they probably fucking he, maybe he wasn't like of um oh because mm-hmm. why would they not make him stay? He wasn't like of stature or whatever. Yeah, maybe. Oh goodness! But uh, then again, you don't find out that you're pregnant within like days, <laughs> unless it's the devil's child. Perhaps. But maybe they found <laughs> them like fucking around, and they were like, "Get the oh, fuck out of here!" Maybe. No. Oh no. Yeah. Or I think he really could fucking fucked and dipped. dipped out. Yeah. yeah it's like thanks. Was like, Bye. Jeez. And then um, she found out later. And her parents probably were like or the baby could have just been like stillborn. Like they had terrible. Right. Fucking, they didn't have a midwife and yeah. oh, she could have had the baby in secret. Or oh, yeah. shoved the baby in there and just oh, pre- like no. went about her day. That makes sense too. Hmm. It could be but if things. they like locked her in there and she had the baby in secret, the baby probably died because they had no idea that there was even a baby. So oh. she didn't have a way to like take care of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Ooh. Mm-mm. Yeah, it was probably something really fucking fucked up and tragic. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And then they just made this whole thing. But yeah, her ghost definitely is there because um there's a lot of ghost hunting things at Loftus Hall and apparently the activity is still very high there. Well, yeah, um, if her baby's in there dead, I'm sure she oh, horrible. And her too, she's trying to find the baby, the baby and Oh, awful. Okay, so um, under the guidance of his mother, the Dowager of Marchness of Ely, the fourth marquis had spared no expense, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Queen Victoria never set foot on the estate. The renovations of Loftus Hall spelled the end of the mansion writ large. The marquis died without issue in April of 1889. What do you mean he died without issue? Okay, whatever. He just died in his sleep. It wasn't like fucking crazy. It wasn't a problem for anyone? Okay. I'm just kidding. Um, The hall was bequeathed to a cousin who, recognizing the prohibitive cost of keeping Loftus, put the bankrupt estate up for sale. Since then, it was reopened in various incarnations from convent through a through to a hotel. Eventually, it came under the private ownership. Um, Loftus Hall continues to excite interest, and the tales associated with it are ever-evolving. In some versions of the story, the gentleman on horseback has become a seafarer, and the devil is said to have exploded through the ceiling rather than disappeared up the chimney. A rather more interesting story than saying dry rot caused the hole in the ceiling. Oh yeah, so that's another thing. There's an actual hole in the ceiling that apparently no matter how many times they try to fix it, it comes back. Like Shut it rots up, up again. That's so crazy. that's, yeah, that's what keeps the the story of the devil shooting through the ceiling um, alive. And so um, in a lot of the ghost hunting stuff that I saw, that's one of the stories they show. And then they like bring them to the room where they were playing cards and then they point up to the ceiling and there's a literal hole um, where there's like some some floorboards you could see and stuff like that. That is so. Um, I like, would love to see that part of the story. I'd love that. Um, and yeah, they say like no matter how many times or how many ways we fix it, the hole reappears. Um, it's just burned into it, and it does look burned. So either there was a fire, someone was cooking something down there, and that's what happened, or the devil himself just ignited and flew through the ceiling. Um, 
So a 1930 rendition of the story describes Anne as having many suitors to hand, but none who found favor with her other than the dark-eyed stranger. In 1936, a newspaper report of the story had the stranger propose marriage only to have the cold-hearted Charles Tottingham refuse consent, leaving the offended young man to entirely quit Loftus Hall. So there you go. You're, you might have been right if he turned him away. Mm-hmm. Um, what is often missing in accounts is the likelihood that the Tottenhams chose to circulate the wild story about a satanic visitation in order to save their reputation rather than reveal Charles Tottingham's betrayal of his own flesh and blood by not having provided proper medical care for his youngest daughter, Anne, in her greatest time of need. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that being said is that being said. That's it. Um, as far as this blog is concerned. Um the building is very crazy looking. It's very old, and I can't wait to see what they do with it. Um, I hope that they try to keep the historic um, architecture going, and it's just really cool to look at. And I'll be posting pictures, of course. Um, and as of July 2020, Ancient Origins also covered um, this location online. And so... Um, Interesting. Yeah, so all in all, it's just like, bad energy and i think people say they hear growls so if the devil did stay there you know he might still linger around every now and then Mm -hmm. or some kind of demon since evil had been there before Um, and it was just sold and so yeah they're gonna see what they can do for a while they were just letting people come and rent and rent it for a night and tour and do all that kind of stuff so that's why there's so many ghost hunting episodes on like youtube and travel channel and stuff Right. Um, so yeah, that my, that was short. That was a little short thing, but it just I want to know if like Reddit has any stories because apparently a lot of people have been able to visit it. Like I said, so um, yeah, that's fucking interesting. Like I would want they, to fucking go see. Me too. Hmm. Yeah, there's a um. Mosaic floor, a grand staircase, hand-carved by Italian craftsmen. Um, So it's just like very luxurious, but evil lurks. Um, Evil lurks. (laughs) It it lurks. It'd be lurking. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other little ghost stories that I missed. Mm. Ooh, and there's the picture of the hole. I'm going to send it to you. So you can see what it looks like. I know, it's kind of scary. I would believe that the devil flew out through there. Oh no. <gasps> we. I know. I would believe it too. That fucking entire thing is just scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that idea. I love that idea though, that you're like, it's just a regular night, you're playing cards and then you drop something and whoop, there's hooves down here. Yeah, that's fucking. Mm-mm. Mm. So yeah, I want to see that tapestry room too. She lingers for a broken heart. Oh yeah, and then there's um. Let me send you this photo too, so you can react on here. Because Anne is definitely there. I just wish I had more to say about how people know she's still there. You'd have to see it for yourself. 
What the fuck? She's in there. She's waiting. All she wanted was love and a family. And who's that? Somebody's head is down there. Who's that? I wonder if that's a reflection from the blonde lady's head that's at the bottom or if... Or if that's the the child. What if it's the child all grown up? Oh, that would be interesting. But or that's anyone. like a big ass head for a child. True. Hmm. He grew up maybe. Who knows? Yeah, I really liked the story though. It freaked me out. Yeah, that is creepy. Hmm. I thought it could be the reflection of the girl next to the thing that's looking at that's the camera, right, but uh, they're How both would looking she be the same looking? way so creepy <laughs> it says um in 2014 oh let me read this part uh, metaphorically loftus hall is indeed haunted by its dark and troubled history one can almost feel the sadness and traumas that have taken place within its walls but does the ghost of Anne still roam the cold and empty rooms of the mansion as it stands today many are convinced the answer is yes indeed american ghost hunters carried out detailed investigations of the house and claimed to have detected numerous anomalies but in 2014 loftus hall cemented its reputation as the most haunted house in ireland when a visitor taking a tour believed that he captured a haunting image on his camera it subsequently went viral attracting the attention of people all around the world 21 year old thomas beavis said he was browsing through the photos of his camera when he noticed the ghostly figures of a young woman and an el- and an older woman in the window mm. so mm, two women i wonder who those maybe it's are. her mom maybe so her real mom not her stepmom mm-hmm. i mean it could be her stepmom she too. came and found her um or yeah maybe so and yeah like with the plague and everything like you would just if it's an already active site i would assume that ghosts would just flock to it yeah um so that was the history and the hauntings of loftus hall of ireland you sounded like flounder so that was that and this is this oh my god <laughs> what was that and this is this i remember that <laughs> the surface he's all scared you went to the surface again (laughs) and then he's like oh shit (laughs) i love flounder he's my favorite i think i'm flounder for sure (laughs) yeah you get all brave and then it comes to it and you're like never mind (laughs) yeah seriously (sighs) it's okay well i'm scuttle so (laughs) omg that is perfect Hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a hallway that people say, like, they can't help but, like, rush down it because they can feel something behind them. Oh, absolutely not. Um, Destination Fear apparently has season three, episode 15. They covered it. Mm. Uh, I think I remember. No, I don't remember. I remember the show. I don't remember watching that, actually. So never mind. Oh, apparently there was a lot of action because people are talking about that it was scary. Okay, well, cool. I'll have to check it out. And, um, oh, yeah, I didn't get to tell you that while I was in Vegas. I got to um, continue my tradition of going to the Zach Bagans Haunted Museum. Did you? How did that go? Sure did. I will say they've changed a a lot, um, and they've made certain features that I have seen before paying, like, regular price. They've made it to where if you're an RIP guest you can go down to the basement and see certain things um during the tour that we can't yeah instead of vip get the fuck out of here 
I know it. I know. Um, but you know what? They're the people who work there. I genuinely believe what they say. Like um, the that they, they feel carry. like they carry stuff home, Thank and that um, like people who live with others. Like this, per- this girl. She was telling us that when she got home, her boyfriend was like, "You need you need to cleanse because I can feel the energy like radiating off of you right now, and it's like Get freaking the me out." Fuck out of here. Especially when like you're an empath, they say like you can really you can feel dizzy, and I kind of felt like that too. And I um, I don't think I took any edibles or anything. Like I was genuinely, if I did, it might have just been a little bit because I knew I was going to be feeling crazy in there. It's very dark, and um, some parts are disorienting, and there's just a lot of energy in there. Like you can really feel it. Right. Um, but the one of my favorite things is Peggy's exhibit. They changed it so before. It was like she was in the middle of the room and there was like a barrier. So you couldn't get very close to her, but they changed it to where they put her in a very small room where you have to like walk in a horseshoe formation right in front of her. And like you get to look her in the eyes. She's in a case and like there's a rosary and all kinds of stuff, but they have a spirit box running. And um, I felt kind of rushed because I really genuinely like every time I want to talk to her, like I want to like see if she says anything through the spirit box. Um, Mm -hmm. So I went through twice. So I gave her two opportunities to say something, but they always say like, you have to say hello and you have to say goodbye. If you don't say goodbye, like that's not, not good news. (laughs) So what, Um, how did you say goodbye? I did. And so did Hunter. Um, Oh, he did. Wow. Yeah, he went. I was like, please take this seriously because I really want to see like what's going on over here. But that he mm-hmm. said goodbye and hello was amazing. I did, wouldn't expect yeah. – I'd expect him to roll he, his eyes and be like, I'm to not take it to, shit to a dog. I mean, you risk it. People get into car accidents after meeting her, have heart attacks, or just bad luck. So you got to respect the, yeah, the spirit. but oh, my God. Well, he. I'm glad he took that seriously. Oh, and we saw little Linda, too. She's another Who haunted – Who the fuck is Linda? Nope. She's a small little um, haunted doll. Got to see her. She was up front, and they had a screen playing a a clip on a loop of when Zach decided to put her in the middle of the um, oddities room. And the oddities room is at the start of the tour, so it's a bunch of toys and like old clowns and big life size clowns and dolls that move animatronic, no. like really old toys. Um, that he's collected from all over. So he put the doll in the center of that room, and it was one of those cameras where stick figures will show up. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, yeah. It looks like a stick figure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, one of those popped up behind her, so they believe that the little girl that's attached to the little doll came out um, and was walking around the oddities room. Oh, great. That's just But you are going to love this because I was so close to – if I didn't give a fuck, I would have done – I would have said something, but I was like, eh, I'll just leave – I'll let everybody else enjoy it. But they keep talking about the Dybbuk box even after it's been debunked. I know. (laughs) I wanted to be like, but this this is not true though. Like I I really did want to because they stretched it. Like they really made it one of the main focal points of the tour. Okay. I'm like, I might as well just be, keep talking to Peggy because that's more likely than anything going on in here. Yeah, you're like, okay, next. <laughs> but they really, yeah, I know. They really make it so dramatic though. So like, I didn't want to ruin it for anybody, but it's a room behind these like wooden doors. And um, let me wait till this freaking machine stops screaming. I wonder if they would have been like, ma'am, you have to leave if you would have said anything. I know, right? 
That's so fucking funny. <laughs> it is. I was laughing. And of course they played like the clip with Post Malone and like all the stuff okay. that happened after. And they God. played a clip. They played a clip of where Post is talking to Joe Rogan on his podcast okay, about it. That is enough of that. <laughs> Jeremy fucking loves that piece of shit and I just can't. Joe Rogan? Yes. Hunter too. I can't. He thinks he's the fucking Everyone thinks Messiah. He's like, I'm like, can you God. fucking go so suck cringy. his dick already? Like, God That's how bless. I feel too. That's how I feel too. But still, I mean, I still follow him on Instagram and stuff. Like, I'm, I'm, I appreciate his openness of like everything he discusses, but he's annoying. Yeah, I just don't like him as a person. <laughs> I just there you him. go. Fear factor. Okay, cool. Joe Rogan experience. Mm, maybe sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Fear factor, uh, yeah, yeah because he's just factor. fucking not talking about shit. He not talking about his opinions. He just thinks he's the best. You can just tell he thinks he's the best. And I yeah, just and I, that's super that. annoying. And he's like really like obnoxious. And I just can't. I can't. He's a smug. He's a smug motherfucker. But. So Post Malone is talking to Joe Rogan about like what happened and uh oh cuz he and Zach went into the Dybbuk area by themselves one time and he touched the box Zach yes, did and they yeah. showed the clip of him like jumping backward and like being scared it and is Post stupid. is like I've never seen fear like that it's ever stupid. so stupid I've never seen fear yeah. like that you know it like it like took him over or something but yeah so when you walk into the dybbuk area the first room just has a screen like discussing what happened and then there's a few posters like where it came from and you know the jewish concentration camp all that stuff that we covered guys if you haven't heard our dybbuk box episode please head over because daniela really spits some facts over there (laughs) um so yeah, they're they're playing it up big time, and then they're like, if you don't want to go in here, you don't have to. I I mean, people feel very uncomfortable going in sometimes. So you walk in, and the box is inside of a case, um, in the middle of the room, and it's dark. And all the while, like there's like I think Jewish prayers being chanted through speakers. Um, okay. <laughs> yes, I'm telling you. And there's a spotlight on the divic box, and like it's dark all around. And then there's a smaller divic box on the right. Um, that you can go look at too. And it's sealed in wax and like all the same stuff that you told us, like there's a rosary on it and mm-hmm. um, people leave offerings. Like you can leave some money or whatever. Um, but yeah, <laughs> pretty much that's it. You get to like walk around, look at it while the stuff's chanting. It's just, it's a whole like atmosphere that they set up just specifically mm-hmm. for this freaking fake haunting <laughs> ex- exhibit. But um, so then, but I will say, um, I don't know if I'll get in trouble for like saying that this is there. But one of the cooler things that they recently added was um, James Dean's car, Little Bastard, had gone missing after they were trying to, like, transport it to some museum. Uh And Zach Bagans was somehow able to recover a piece of the car that has the serial number that what – so it's, like, for sure Little Bastard – like, Little Bastard's, like, Axel or something. Uh Um, So we got to see a piece of the car at the exhibit. And guess what? Apparently, people believe, and I haven't Googled this myself yet because this is the first I've ever heard of this. I, I know that Little Bastard's apparently like cursed and uh-huh. it's killed more than just James Dean or like injured a few. Uh-huh. Apparently, they they blame it on uh, Vampira's relationship with James Dean. <laughs> she was an occultist and like she had an altar with his picture and apparently that – 
is what what happened. Like she put a spell on him or something whenever something okay. went sour. That's I haven't looked it up. Like I said, that was news to me. So that that's one of the things that I saw that was new, and I was like, oh, okay, I haven't heard of this. So this is cool. Um, that is interesting. And Vampira is friends with another occultist. Um, I think he did movies. Oh, it's bothering me now. But he also had a different tie-in to the to another exhibit, and now it's like eluding me. I don't remember what it was, but um. Oh, now I'm going to have to look it up because now I'm going to – it was a famous guy who made movies and he was an occultist. Vampira and famous um, – but yeah, that was cool. But of course, you know, the serial killer room is what I think a lot of people really liked because – if you don't believe in the supernatural, that that's something interesting for everyone. Like you get to see um, Gacy's paintings and Richard Ramirez's shirt and um, a bunch of Manson art. Um, that is pretty cool. Or it would be cool. Ted to Bundy's see. bag, like they rebuilt, like what was in his bag when he got arrested, and oh. um, a bunch of quotes. Of course, the serial killer letters and like their quotes are so fucking annoying because they're just a bunch of narcissists that are like yeah i i'm god i could kill and i could take lives like it's all like stuff like that that right. of course like people like manson would say shit like that but um it was still really cool to look at and read and there's letters uh from fans to their serial killer heroes and stuff like that jesus um what is this guy? He's bald and he has a mustache. Why am I not remembering who he is? Are you talking about the BTK? No. No, I'm talking about... Are you talking oh, about but the BTK might be in the... A person. The person that was friends with um, Vampira. Oh. Mm, not Vampira. Am I, am I thinking Elvira? Elvira isn't – it's not Elvira because Elvira is just um, like a character. Yeah. Oh, well. You guys are going to have to look it up for yourselves because that is interesting. I didn't know James Dean was like – I mean, she is hot, but I don't know mm -hmm. how they would have been together. But that was pretty cool. And then we got to see Dr. Kavorkevic's – Kavorkian. Um, Kavorkian's, his van. They have his van literally in there. I do remember there. that. I do remember you saying that. The last time it's still there, it's still so cool. And there um, was like his an uproar about it, wasn't there? Yeah, because people don't think that assisted suicide should be something people provide. Or well, I'm something. saying him having that man in there was like glorifying. Oh. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe there are people who have problems. That. Um. Oh, Ed Gein's Cauldron. Oh, that's that's still in there. And they built a whole set. Um, apparently, the people who worked on American Horror Story got to build the exhibit for Ed Gein. So there's a portion where there's an attic with a rope um, hanging. How I guess the, the woman that was still hanging from there was found whenever he was arrested. Um, and they like set it up to where there's thunder and there's like a TV playing and his cauldrons in the middle. It's pretty cool. And, oh, yeah. And a shovel. His shovel was also hanging up on the wall. And they say that you can feel him touch you in there because his oh. energy is attached to the cauldron. He's feeling your skin that to see if you're suitable 
to wear. Absolutely not. No, thank so, you. So that was neat. Uh, let me think of something else. Um, one of the coolest things I heard, which I, I mean, schizophrenia is a terrible disease. So I kept that in the back of my mind hearing this story for the third time, but it still is the most intriguing story to me. Um, the There's this woman who her name now I know is Lee Shapiro who apparently tried to connect to the other side using these machines uh, and she built them and she's like a very smart, like she was a smart scientist of some kind and she was trying to connect to the other side. And over time she started telling her friends that she thought demons could get to her through those and they were going to take her. And she was found dead in the middle of all her machines on a chair. Dude, there is a show that Zach does damn it uh hold on let me let me find it real quick because he said there's an episode in that show where he does that exact story oh good okay because i was like like, like, why does that sound familiar yeah he does it god damn it uh hold on let me see oh good if you type in zach it tells you um it's on uh discovery plus but the show is called the haunted museum yeah and good. the so second episode is called monster in the machine and that's that's about it that's what Ooh. that is it's a really good cool. show actually because okay, he's not cool. <laughs> he's, he's not just acting he's host. just showing his stuff yes, yeah yeah just, he's the host so uh he just, come out of this machine yeah if i had to witness that i would not but uh oh it's so freaky the way they built the exhibit too like her letters and her notes and like discussing like the physics of it all like it really does freak me out like what if it's true um yeah it is really she just might have had schizophrenia or something i don't oh, know shit i don't know i think Which would also all of these episodes actually now that i'm thinking about it and you're talking about it i think all these episodes are the things that are in his fucking mansion Good. His, i mean in his museum cool I'm glad because like, not a lot of people could see it. Yeah, of course. They, they build it, build it up. Yeah. Um, and then Peggy. Oh yeah, I guess I didn't. And then the there's um, it's called the episode's called Helter Skelter Station, but I think it's the TV was uh, what's his name? Uh, Charles Manson's TV. Oh, like that he had <gasps> in prison. Ooh, 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 ooh! Get this. The owner of the bunny ranch passed away and they have his freaking bed in there and it's nasty. And they put a blue light over it to show us like, what Ew, why is it in there? But of course there's like cum stains everywhere. I and know, like, but why is, is it in there? It's the bed. Listen, they, they like stretched this out pretty nicely. Cause they said like, that's the bed that Lamar Odom almost died in. And Lamar oh. swears up and down that he did not take as much um, of what could have done that to him. Like, he almost died. So they believe that that bed has like, and that's the same bed that the, the guy died in. So I don't know. So that's what their little spiel was about that. But yeah, of course, whenever they shown the black light on it, there was like Ew, all kinds of shit. Disgusting. You could see the bed. You could see his body imprint though. Um, Jeremy scared So that was, that was pretty cool. He scared me too. He walked in and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I like behind me. I was like, who's here? Um, and but then- yeah, the other cool thing they had was Al Capone's dresser and rug from with house? actual ash. Yeah, with actual ash from his little cigars on the ground. What the fuck? Like burned into the rug. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Interesting. 
Um, so I like that kind of stuff too, like where he just collects things that like have to do with true crime. And oh yeah, and a brick from the Chicago um, shooting or whatever. They had a brick from that in that same room for part of the same exhibit. Um, but the last time I was in there, I'm thinking maybe it's part of their basement exhibit now because it's like very extreme. But the last time I was there, I got to see BTK's mattress that had literal like feces and blood still on it. Ew. Yeah, and like the chains, like original chains that had like some of his victims in them. Pretty fucked up, but still very cool. Yeah, so the BTK bed was there the last time, and uh, they had a clown section that you got to go in, and Hunter freaking volunteered me for a little (laughs) demonstration. I didn't know he was volunteering because he was standing behind me, and I was like, oh, wow, lucky me. I got freaking picked to do whatever they're asking me, and I think I was still like out of it and not paying attention because I didn't see what – I didn't know what he was trying to do, but the guy basically like had me – pour water into a bucket that he was going to chain to something on his body and like swing around. And I like picked his belly button. He was like, pick a body part, any body part. And I was like, what? But I feel like he was always going to just do his eyelids anyway. So yeah, he like hooked two chains into his bottom eyelids and swung a bucket of water around. So it was pretty cool, but you to pick and do his eyelids. And I know, I have no idea, but it was part of it, and that was something different. And so, yeah, and he also like stuck a drill into his nostril or whatever. He scratched his brain with it or something. Ooh, so that was cool. Um, shout out to him. He was being very vulgar and like, he was like, "You bitches have put stuff in nastier places." Like he was talking to the to the people like that. <laughs> It was funny. It It just caught me off guard because everyone else was very, like, spooky and, like, um, serious. But anyways, Um, yeah, it was overall pretty cool. I didn't feel like I took anything with me, so that's good. I was about to say, like, do people that visit say that? Like, yes, taking stuff with them? Like, a spirit? Like, they feel it. Yeah, like, they can feel, like, the energy didn't leave them. So the people that work there, um, they say like they're careful about saying hello and goodbye to Peggy and they're careful about um, being respectful and uh, that they've seen some shit, I'm sure, but I don't remember Can details. Can you imagine like going to work hungover and like you forget? I know. Oh, yeah. That would be really messed up. Um, but yeah, one of the girls that said that she carries energy with her often is – she said um, one of the nights she got home, she didn't make a single sound, but her mom woke up because she felt the energy when she got there. Oh, hell no. So, yeah, that freaked me out. That freaked me out, too. And what else? Oh, there's a special thing you can do where they let you, like, free roam for two hours or something. And I was like, dang, I should have paid for that because I really wanted to take my time with Peggy and, and the oddities room because the oddities room was just so cool. A lot of the things like the eyes follow you. I think it was like 80. I want to say it was 80, but since it was Hunter and I both, and he doesn't really care that much, we just both did the generic like $45 one. But um, but if I went with you, yeah, if I went with you, that would be so dope. You know what? Next year, I think I want to take trips like that. Like I want to do that and I want to go like visit you in Oklahoma and then I want to go to like New Orleans and then I want to go mm-hmm. to like Salem. Like we wanted to, I wanted to do like fucking two years ago. Yeah, do it. Let's do it. I'm here. I really think we need to do that. But the only problem is I would have to drive places because there's no way that 
<laughs> there's no way that I can get on a plane. Like, there's absolutely no way. Let's fly. Abby, you I have to not do it. You you might have to fly at least once to at least save you time and gas. And then you could maybe rent a car or something to save the miles on your own car. That's what I would suggest. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't um, be able to bring the car anyways because Jeremy would fucking need it. But Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you might just fly. It might just be easier to fly to the fr- like the furthest destination or one of the furthest destinations, and then drive from there to each like pinpoint. Right. But I have, I don't know how I would be able to fly at least to one place. Like I'm not even joking. True. It's so bad now, oh, and no. it's because I've been listening to that fucking podcast, the Black Box Down. Oh, it has to do with the food. It just makes it worse. I've made it worse for myself. Like, my anxiety was bad before, but now it's, like, really bad. Damn, that's a... I'm telling you, we're driving to fucking Arizona and then from Arizona to California because I can't fly. I can't do it. Yeah, you don't want to face your fears anytime soon. I can't. No, I can't do it. I told my cousin, (sighs) I was like, dude, there's no way. Like, no amount of fucking... You know what's interesting... Or anything is going to make it any better. If anything, if I do edibles, it'll make my anxiety like skyrocket oh, through the fucking roof. Maybe so. Yeah, never mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say they- that it is it is weird that uh, most of the times that we've flown, Hunter and I always get seated in the exit row. That is interesting. But that's so I'm, I'm like, what are the odds that I'm going to need to use this thing? So I always pay attention. And they you have to give them a verbal yes. Like, are you able to assist people out of the plane if something happens? I'm like, Yes. But um, I'm like, oh, what are no. the odds that we always get this seat? But you can tell them. You can be like, no, and they'll move you to a different seat. But, yeah, you have to know how to open the exit and um, help people get out and get out yourself. So Just asking me that question, I would have been like, I need to get am off I this, need this? <laughs> Why does this door exist? Should I ever yeah, need it? Why am I sitting here? Why, why did the universe put me here? Something's wrong. Right. I need to go. I need to get out. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. But yeah. Anyways. Oh, God. Okay. okay. There was a little bit of turb- turbulence in, on the plane, too, because nope. we passed over, like, where there was a storm, and we were, like, in the clouds, so we were getting a little shook around up there. No. Mm-mm. But after that passed, it was quick, and then it was fine. But no. Yeah, I, I feel you, because I don't know. And I wonder how, like, the flight attendants feel, like, they fly safely every time. Like, what? Are, when is that going to run out? You know. I yeah. I would. That's exactly what I would think. Like, when is my time? Oh, I've been lucky God. for too long now. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, but oh um, my God, Jeremy's mom used to be a flight attendant. I have no idea how she did that shit. Ooh. Whoa. No idea. And Jeremy's like, yeah, yeah I used to fly for free for free everywhere. I'm like, fuck that. Oh gee. I wouldn't even well, care hey. if it was free. I couldn't. Travis Barker got on a plane and he was actually in a crash, so who knows? Yeah, that is some serious fucking... It pisses me off, though, that she made him do that and then, like, made him fly everywhere around after that. Like... I know. Like, can't you just, like, let people have their traumas? Yeah, like, bitch, he literally almost died a horrific death. Like, he survived that shit. Why are you doing this to him? She wanted to be to be the one to be like, look, we faced our fears and now we can live life to the fullest. And that she makes him continue <laughs> to do it is what is just. Yeah. What if he has bad luck? Oh, I and hate that. I'm so superstitious. Like flying overseas. Oceans. Like, Italy, that takes mm-hmm. hours. Like what the fuck? Yeah. 
Yeah. I always picture like Tom Hanks and like what he did to survive so I could do the same. No, can't do it. Put your shit on and then find something to float on, break it off and just keep it in your hands. No, because then (laughs) there's fucking sharks and no. Well, just hope you're the fastest swimmer then. No, I don't know. My heart. Just swim fast. A part of me, a part of me wants a challenge like that to see how I do, but another part of me is like, why the fuck are you even thinking like this? Yeah, why are you thinking like that? I think I, I'm going to just be honest. I think I have like a hero, um, like problem. Like it's like a, nar- a narcissistic thing about me. Like I want to be the hero. I, I can, I can save people. If there's a, a dangerous situation, you can count on me type thing. Oh, so you love it when they're like, can you assist me people? You're like, absolutely, I can. Yeah, and give me a gun too while you're at. I'll protect this whole damn <laughs> plane <laughs> from sharks. One fucking shot, it fucking throws you back uh, and you're like, whoa, I was... <laughs> right? I shoot Hunter's foot or something? <laughs> like on Halloween Kills? Do you remember Halloween Kills? Like, did you see that part? That is oh so my god! She's like, you gotta know how to use these things, and freaking instantly like hurts yep. herself, mm-hmm. kills herself on accident. There you are. Jeez, that would be me. Hand yep. it to me. I know what I'm doing. Nope, she don't know what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord, look at that, dude. But yeah, if I survived a plane crash, like if I survived it and was stuck in another situation, like being stuck in the middle of the ocean, I would be fucking furious. Fucking furious. Yeah. Like, what? Why couldn't you just take me Yeah, quickly? like, why would you do this to me? Now I'm going to die another... More trials and tribulations. ...traumatic-ass way that I didn't want to. Like, God. Right. hmm Well, enough of that. Wait, what else? Is there anything else? Any questions about the Zach Bangins Museum? Hmm. Um, I don't have any questions. Do y'all have any questions? Yeah, hit me up. I've been three times. I'm obsessed, and I will keep going. Every time I'm in the Vegas area, I just, I just like it. I don't know. If it was anybody else, I would still go. Like, if it wasn't, like, Zach Bagans, it, I would still go to something like that. Right. Um, we went to the Atomic uh, Museum, too, and that was pretty cool. It talks about um, the uh, Manhattan Project and all of the work that went into building Fat Man and Little Boy, the bombs that they dropped oh, yeah. on Japan. Uh, so devastating. But, you know, it is part of history, and I think – I mean, nuclear stuff, the fact that they were doing nuclear stuff that long ago without, like, what we have now is crazy to me. Yeah. Like, guys had to be, like, literal geniuses and be like, what if we use this and how we can do this and blah, blah, blah. And then they had to run tests and they used, like, um, parts of the desert to blow things up. And people were supposed to just be okay with living near radiation. Like, what the fuck? Well, they didn't know how it worked or, like, how devastating the effects were right so like people were getting like, <clears throat> did you know that that's how and... john wayne died the cancer really? that he got was from radiation from uh filming close to where they detonated those practice oh bombs. my gosh i didn't yeah. know that a lot of people Ew. from that film died that same way cancer Ugh. from the radiation yeah mm-hmm well, yeah, so that was pretty cool, but also messed up, and uh, let's hope we never have to do that again, but we all know we will, so. <laughs> Anyways, I hate always leaving on a depressing note, but um, that was that, and 
Oh, and also we stayed at the Luxor and that shit was haunted too, but I didn't really experience anything because we didn't stay in like the, the pyramid part of it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We stayed in like the tower, but that would have been cool too if my hotel room was haunted. I kept, I wrote on my notepad, anyone here with a question mark to see and like left the pin out to see if anything would write me back. And I bet you the cleaning crew was like, God damn it. Uh, another one of these freaking yeah, lunatics. <laughs> Like, I freaking right. hate this. They wipe their ass with it. They're so <laughs> over it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anywho. Well, guys, thank you for joining us for a special episode that we threw in extra for this week since I was slacking last week. And um, we hope you join us again next week for another episode of Gimme the Creeps. Make sure you give us a follow on Instagram and on Twitter. Fawn is drinking water. Stay hydrated. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. It was dry as fuck out there. My God. I was drinking Pedialytes and water out the wazoo. And smoking weed and drinking alcohol. Y'all know. Okay. Anyways. All right. So, um, Fawn, come on. This is why you're trapped in the room like Ann Tottenham whenever I'm recording. In the tapestry chamber. Okay. <laughs> in the powder closet. <laughs> in the powder closet. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, make sure you join us again next week. Give us a follow on everything that I just said and uh, leave us a review if you don't mind. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. So, did we give you the creeps?